0: Something like an idea or something that comes to us or through us, by us, for us, all happens because we're all together, but Mm -hmm. it would never have happened if we were by ourselves. Mm. So I think that's like a huge power of community that's underestimated, that we start to learn how we have access to that, not only, and this is so powerful for right now, not only when we're physically together, but like when I think of someone. You know those kinds of ideas can come through etc or you know not physically together but we're on a zoom call in <laughs> virtual mm. uh talking that we can start accessing more of those intangible you know just the ideas that come through to us that we can't really explain where they come from right g'day
1: for rothers you know those around us who operate at high energy levels from friends family through to the famous those who emanate enthusiasm they inspire you to be better Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward centre. My theory is that at times just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers, to understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge beaming, pumped and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frockers.
2: G'day, g'day. How you going? Remember that song? That's super weird that I remember that song. Uh, I'm pretty pumped about today, about sharing and releasing this episode. I'm pumped about today, and I'm pumped about the conversation that we had, which is probably getting close to a month ago now. Uh, isn't time dilation a crazy thing, these times in our lives Uh, I'd love to introduce to you Darren Bruce but before I do I just wanted to have a little bit of a riff on art and sharing and pausing and yeah I've kind of been in this like odd phase well we'll say liminal phase because that's actually a, a string that Darren and I pull out, tease out through this episode Uh, and I felt the same where I've been kind of waiting just to figure out where do I want to pop back up again next, where do I want to land potentially, whatever metaphor you want to use and I've started to just really get into writing, not so much talking and doing Facebook lives and all that kind of stuff, it's been really just kind of personal writing and that's bloomed into a bit of poetry and I don't feel like a knobhead when I'm doing poetry and which is changing my kind of finding the frothers circle of inspiration who are the people that I'm now thinking about uh, getting closer to and I've got so many amazing people like Darren in my life as well uh, who I will remain close to but I think more I guess because we're and a lot of us are landlocked. Uh, Australia's a pretty big piece of land to be locked on. But it's like, well, where am I drawing inspiration? And I've just found that in terms of performance, a lot of the time I listen to podcasts and I'll be like, I need, it. I need to chill out. I've been working too hard in my alpha. And listening to poetry and listening to poets speak about poetry has just become my new favourite thing when it comes to language. So... I just wanted to drop that in there and I hope that um, you are doing fantastic wherever you are around the world. I hope you get a lot out of this conversation with Darren Bruce because he's literally one of uh, my best mates that I've made in the last you know, probably six to eight months now, uh, but specifically kind of through this period, which has been pretty leery and uh, we do talk a bit about how we've reacted and, and what we've look to do, um, we were quite involved in something called IntelliHelp for a while there, but as we kind of mention and allude to, Australia managed to curb the, flatten the curve, whatever you want to talk about it, but um, remains to be seen it on this date, whether it's completely done or not, but things are looking good, but aren't so much in the States where that was really kicked off, but they are looking good because of things like IntelliHelp, And yeah, Darren is a performance coach, he is an entrepreneur, he is a mindset specialist. What I really love about Darren is his understanding of emotion and how that plays into how we show up both for ourselves, both for our fam and for our families and for friends and at work and in hectic situations when we are in that coaching role and, and trying to inspire Uh, other people to be able to take control of those emotions in situations that we may be finding ourselves in now. Some of Darren's clients include athletes, but they also include uh, SAS uh, commanders, and that's probably not the right term. I've probably balls that up. But hey, we're on the fly here. We're having a good time. I had an absolutely epic time with Darren in this conversation, dropped some knowledge bombs. Uh, so many knowledge bombs I really love some of his terminology that he puts in as well man after my own heart with with words and I'm tempted just to drop them now but I'm just gonna hold because I'll let him drop them in Um, but yeah we really we, we go wide everything from like the well actually we only just touch on the problems that are occurring at the moment we're more talking about how we can find our potential as humans and just be showing up, like I said, better for each other. Um, How can we can use our platforms as true platforms and speak from the heart and find the right people, find the right frothers to bloom with and also to help on their journey in whatever capacity that you may find yourself in as a leader, mentor, parent or anything really. So uh, without further adieu. I appreciate your patience if you've been waiting for the latest Finding the Frothers episode, but here it is. I give you Darren Bruce. G'day Frothers, welcome to another episode of Finding the Frothers. I've got a uh, absolute frother here as usual. Um, Obviously, we are social distancing uh, during these times, but we thought, fuck it. How sick of Zoom are we? Um, so I've got my buddy Darren Bruce with me, um, performance coach, uh, entrepreneur. Uh, we have many mutual frothers in common and have had some of the most radical and ripping conversations that I've I've been privileged to have over the past sort of six months of knowing you, mate, through our beautiful friend Amber. Um, so welcome to the show.
0: Thank you, man. Awesome to be here. I appreciate you having
2: me. Thanks, mate. Um, so yeah, we've just been riffing offline for an hour and a bit, kind of getting lost in the flow of conversations, learning new things, and and so I'd just like to like to uh, start off with just the question of what's got you frothing at the moment.
0: It's got me frothing at the moment. Uh, the the current response to the world we're living in since the coronavirus kicked into the world, and how people are responding, uh, the problems they're having, and how I can you know, best best serve those problems because I'm noticing that um, a lot of those problems that people are having, uh, I've like I've been on that journey and I've I've kind of learned um, how to how to overcome that. You know, so uh, one of the reasons I'm here, we're having this conversation, right? That we can I can usefully share some of the some of the wisdom through mistakes I've made or. Um, yeah, things like that. So yeah, that's that's what's got me frothing at the moment. Um, as well as watching my daughter about to walk. She's freestanding with no hands touching anything for about five seconds at the moment. <laughs> so
2: That's yeah. epic. Yeah, that's so epic. Oh, we're lucky we get to work from home and this and there hasn't been too much of a, a ruffle in terms of that we do a lot of our work from home, but that's so great that you get to to watch your daughter and all those those moments which I'm noticing when I'm talking to parents who traditionally would be working in an office are like, oh, I just saw my kid roll over. That doesn't sound like much, but I would have been in the office at 12 o'clock when that happened. And so that's super powerful. And, and you touched on how we can be of service and uh, something that we kind of mutually are now working on um, is the Aussie arm of IntelliHelp, which was set up by a dear friend of ours, Ron Lynch, and I guess that's both of us hearing a, a call to action and it was really ironic that I was watching a video with Ron, I was kind of watching how he'd set it up and if you haven't checked out in it's it's a, a powerful movement which is based on a really simple thing of, of what have you got to give and, and what do you need, what's your give, what's your ask and yeah, uh, I sent you a text and, and you'd already set up the group. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a synergy. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, United Aussie Helpers is what we've called it.
0: Yeah, so if you listen to this and you're not aware of what Benny's talking, I'll explain as best I can from my perspective is that um, uh, we created a Facebook group and we both saw our friend Ron Lynch, um, who's just an incredible, incredible mentor. Um when the coronavirus started to impact America and people started getting isolated that that he created that and uh, you know Ben and I both saw at the same time that that this could be useful for Australians before uh, like if, if it's going to get as, as bad as as America was. And so yeah, we created a Facebook group called IntelliHelp United Aussie Helpers, which is, you know, part of the the global Movement that Ron's launched now, which is in multiple countries, and it's like a virtual Red Cross, you know You go to the Red Cross to get basic food um, or, or or maybe maybe Pharmaceutical supplies if someone's got Respiratory problems and especially, you know speaking of respiratory problems someone has asthma Currently uh, and they can't get to a chemist then you know that's vital for them to go to get that So the purpose of the group was to be able to provide that person to person and that requires Now, that hasn't been done before, so it's very, um, like, it's blazing a trail because the Red Cross requires millions of dollars to do that because I don't believe we we fully trust each other as a human race yet (laughs) in order to do that. And and there are certain guidelines and rules to be put in place, and that's why Ron has helped create that for us. So, you know, we created this group um, off the back of of Ron and replicating his, his model, and it's for the purpose of that. So, highly recommend you check it out on Facebook, uh, Search IntelliHelp, uh, United Aussie Helpers. So, you know, the purpose of it now, aside from Australia doing so well, is to just ensure that we create community because um, that's ultimately what I see as as missing, you know, if we have a look at what, what determines people's life expectancy. There's a great talk on, on TED Talks about how nutrition was number seven and from the longest... Study they've done in history, history and community is number one. You look at the Italian people that live with their families, the older older people still living with their younger families, and they live much longer.
2: Yeah, community. I love that. It's, it's such a beautiful study, isn't it? And um, and yeah, it's, it, the mobilisation of people getting around each other has been super super inspiring. And I guess it's from an, an Australian perspective, like you mentioned, we've done quite well to flatten the curve, or however you want to talk about it and we're, we're unsure on like when things will go back to some form of semi-normality which I'm not frothing on the going back to normal idea anyway because I think we're in a progressive moment uh, where that's, that's old dust that's gone um, so what do you think is important when it comes to uh, developing community and, and where does that begin
0: um, what's important on developing community is Uh, contribution first Um, you know we've got to learn how to contribute without wanting anything back Um, we've got a we've got to learn how to have fun Mm -hmm. Um, and we've got to learn how to stand in the other person's shoes as well Um, those you know those are probably the three biggest things you know uh, contributing to each other going first making it fun, um, that way, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be to, to not have to, you know, be childish and try to, and, and think that people don't, we can't trust people. Whereas, you know, obviously there must be rules put into place and we must have a clear, like clear guidelines of how, and expressing that, how we want to be treated in a community. And, you know, that comes from us learning from each other, um, Because we can only respect that once we're aware of of what that is, you know, for each individual. And that's different for every individual. So, and that comes back to standing in their shoes as well. So, knowing that. Um, So, yeah, contributing, uh, having fun and uh, understanding each other. Which, you know, with understanding comes like the best kind of of boundaries, you know. I think it was... um, Brene Brown said that uh, the people who had the boundaries of steel were the most compassionate. It was something like Buddhist monks um, and we become compassionate when we are understanding of others. So, I think those are the three things of community, whether it's in our Facebook group or whether it's it's anywhere, any communities that we're building so we can thrive in, in this time, right? And that's what, what's been awesome to see, the things that we're seeing that are coming out of this. are like the people standing on their balconies and playing music together that never happened and. Uh, people having a drink or eating together over an, uh, visual, a visual virtual uh, visual zoom call <laughs> like the apps that that stuff's never happened so we're learning how to adapt and evolve um which is literally what i see it's creating those three things that we're contributing more we're having more fun and we're understanding other people more as well because we're being forced to and that's what i love about this time like you said it's a did you say it's a push? It's kind of like a...
2: it's a transition. I think it's it's definitely like a liminal phase at the moment, and it's and what do you mean by liminal? Liminal, so between two um, states, I guess. So the, when I'm thinking about liminal, I'm uh, thinking about rites of passage, and so you start, you know, you're the you're the let's use the kind of the, the potential warrior who goes off into the the bush. You leave a boy. And you go off, and the liminal phase is out in the bush. What goes? What happens to you? Um, do you receive? Did you do you hit your objective? Um, the tribe's unsure that you're going to come back. But if you do come back, having nailed your objective, then you're accepted back in as a as a, a warrior. Um, as an example. So at the moment, I think we're we've been forced into a liminal phase where we had kind of the the norm, and uh, my friend Matt Kendall calls it like the new dawn so but there's a there's a pivotal piece it's like you could go out into the the bush and you could come across the animal that you have to um to kill to become the warrior and bring it back um so you have a choice within this liminal phase. you can just be sitting sitting in your house uh feeling sorry for yourself, um drinking excessive alcohol, doing whatever it is like dialing up your vices and just hoping that we go back to whatever the normal was for you before or you can think a bit more on the progressive front and think, well, when we step into whatever the new world looks like and we don't we don't know, it's an emerging phenomenon, ha- how am I going to build up resilience and how am I going to show up for myself first and, f- first and foremost but then how can I show up for the people I deeply care about and um, if we think about like scaling It's it's got to start with yourself, and then how can we look after our families? Which which our families can be kind of thought about as streets now. Like the people on your street could be your your family, and and that's something that is foreign to us. But going back to the Italians, that's kind of the that small family looking after your family. They're all they all play a pivotal role in the success of the space. And then you look at your community, which can be anything from kind of where you live in your suburb right through to your country. And then you've got global centric. Um, and some of the work that uh, I love from the Flow Genome Project where I learn a lot of, a lot of the things that, that I practice uh, is that if we're looking after our communities, if we're going up to that level of community, our sphere of concern, they call it, um, our, not only does our vitality increase the more we give uh, and the more of ourselves that we can give, Um, but once we get up to that community level we're actually supporting the world we don't really need to think about it at this point as I'm creating global solutions we start off with solutions for ourselves and then if if we can if we have the capacity we can create solutions for our communities and based on kind of decentralized thinking if we're creating brilliant solutions for our communities people from across the globe can see that and apply it to themselves in a way that we were talking about before which is kind of like they can take this beautiful open source idea yeah. or practice and apply it to their own living and their own people mm-hmm. and make it their own, which is super powerful. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of just went on a little bit of a riff there, but... I like that. And
0: I, I want to say something about that. Like when you, you said that we're going through liminal states, you know, and and um, I completely agree. And, and what what is happening is that the first state that, that everyone is... Is in like if you if you listen to this and you're feeling um, like you know you're in a battle and you're fighting for this uh, for you know getting back to certain times and, and having comfort and and you know growing and um, you know achieving new goals, getting new results, um, and being happy about that. That then um, the state that we're really transferring well. Trend, Wait, that limit, what is it? Transmuting, transitioning. Transmuting, repairs, transitioning or, yeah. to a new state is that, like, we think, you know, we've been taught to think that the best way to do that to, uh, you know, be, be the warriors who grow the communities and um, fight and protect and provide and everything is from uh, a, really, a really aggressive state, um, a really busy state, uh, always doing things, Whereas the real problem is that uh, the Greeks had a definition for the optimal state of the warrior when they go into battle, and that was ataraxia. Mm-hmm. And ataraxia means uh, the state of calm. Mm-hmm. So the transition or the transmute, whatever the word you want to use, is that, that we're changing to is we're realizing that the optimal state of us, if we really want to you know, get the most productivity out of being busy and, and adapt uh, and adjust or pivot the the popular word right now Mm -hmm. is to be in that state of ataraxia that calm state and then take the action from there and because that's a nonlinear state where we get results we don't have to get results doesn't take time to get results it takes resources the right kind of resources which create the right kind of action and then taking that action get the results that doesn't take time Mm -hmm. so um, yeah that's what I see we're going through and that's the problem that a lot of people Uh, I'm not realizing that doing, doing, doing and being busy, busy, busy and and all of a sudden not realizing that the whole day has gone by and they're feeling kind of stressed and uh, thinking that it's the outside world that's making them feel afraid or or ignorant of what's going on. It's it's really the, like you said, starting with themselves and realizing, oh, well, how how do I control how I feel and how do I discern and govern my own mind and not let others make the decisions and, and just... Um, accept every suggestion that's happening around me Uh, what if I were to start questioning everything um, which would teach me how to protect myself you know from because not everyone has the best intentions and some people have the best intentions and I still don't know how to communicate or, or or you know understand what's important to you so that also wouldn't be useful for you as well so I would suggest to be questioning everything if it were me
2: Totally. Yeah, question everything is, is such a great sent- sentiment because nothing is fucking absolute anyway. And when you understand that, yeah. I think it, it it unlocks your potential to It's like we
0: were talking about families, right? Mm. Like you got brother, sister, mother, father, whatever. I mean, have any of them ever said something that like you completely disagree with or wasn't useful to you, but they had the best intentions? Mm-hmm. That's like everyone and everything. So, yeah, that's right. we've got to be looking out for ourselves because people don't even mean to do what they do so often that we feel like it affects us, that's because we haven't learned how to say, hey, um, this is not working for me and, you know, I appreciate your intentions but, well, I didn't really ask for them (laughs) or like, I've got this, you know, I can do this myself.
2: Yeah. So, we talk about ecology of practices and and as coaches, we provide insights and, and options for people that they can step into. What would you say for someone who might be in that kind of overcooked state at the moment as as a starting ground for a, a solid ecology of practice? Can you elaborate on ecology of practice? Ecology of practice, let's just say it's a fancy way of saying that um, what are the things that you have in your, your practice tool belt that create the whole and, and are all, like an ecology, they're all interdependent on one another. But you don't have to kind of think about it in terms of the, the technical elements. Yeah.
0: Okay, so... I mean, awareness is the beginning of change. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing would be to aware to become aware of how you feel. You know, most people I work with are powerful people who have become um, emotionless, high performance machines. <laughs> so they're achieving and they're getting results, and you know, I'm I'm guiding them to get to the next level, mm-hmm. but I'm also guiding them to get to that next level. Uh, whilst they actually feel good and they just keep feeling better and better. And and for someone who says, oh, I'm not someone who's really like, I'm not very emotional or something like that. Well, you are, like we all are. Uh, We just don't realize um, what we're actually feeling and that's what's running our lives. Like, so when we have the ability to instantly stop And think, okay, how do I actually feel right now? Because that's determining a lot of my results because I'm limited by my thinking and my actions based off how I feel right now and how can I change it? So that would be the first step to realize that, you know, you always have the choice. You always get to choose how you feel, but if you're not consciously aware of how you feel, you won't consciously choose. You'll let someone else choose for you so i'd say that's the first step to literally just be aware of that yep. and i hope that was useful what i just Certainly, said yeah um and then secondly would be yeah like practical tools um to do that is journaling you know journaling rewires the the brain um and that's actually developing the kinesthetic sense you know we're, we're, most of us are kinesthetically disassociated to how we feel and So our kinesthetic sense must be developed, must go through those four phases of learning we were talking about, right? Like, so awareness is the beginning of change because the first phase of learning, you become conscious of what you haven't learned, which is how you actually feel. So you can remain focused, remain calm, not be overwhelmed and confused because that's happening when you're not aware of that because you're trying to take all these actions when there's too much unfamiliarity, uh, which creates that, that stress. Like fear's good because fear can cause us to act because fear shows us where our, our limit of, of comfort is currently. So we know that if we act on something because the purpose of fear is to move away from an environment, if we don't like what's happening to us, for us, um, then we, we can use that fear resourcefully, uh, but also we want to make sure like that we are actually feeling that because if we don't realize that we are, then we might be taking actions based on fear that just keep getting us the same results instead of using that um, to really get the result that we do want instead of one we keep keep getting if we're unconscious can you give that us an example, example of that uh, yeah um, so oh, let me think of a personal example so when I when I had my first business when I was running my holistic performance center it was like uh, fitness strength training mindset everything um, that would improve performance, I would, I would, I had this fear of people leaving. So, I kept thinking that every single, whenever a member of our community would message me, the instant thought that I would have is they're messaging me to tell me they're leaving. So mm-hmm. this fear of, of people leaving um, and I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to change it. I didn't know why it was happening and so anyone that I spoke to about joining you know the business so I could help them I could grow the business I could help them help more people um, I was I felt really afraid and nervous and anxious every time I speak to someone and then even when I would have those conversations and um, I kind of knew in my head that I can really help this person um, and it, it, it really makes sense for them to work with me what they're telling me is that it is costing them so much more, not only you know mentally, emotionally, or physically, but financially as well, mm-hmm. to not be doing this. But because I was so afraid, I wouldn't actually ask the questions that were really actually compassionate questions to make them aware of, hey, this is actually costing you so much more. Let's do this because like, you're taking the action out of fear. And that was the energetic match as well, that, that I was feeling that fear, I wasn't asking the questions that were really the compassionate ones, right? Yep. Like I was talking about before. So, And they also weren't um, divulging or telling me the truth of what was really going on because they were afraid as well of telling the truth. So, um, until I realized that I get to choose how I feel about something and I understand what fear is, which is just wanting to move away from, from an environment, uh, like when I realized that I stopped feeling afraid about whether they were gonna say yes or no, whether I was gonna help someone because I was able to discern between like accepting and appreciating that person whatever they choose to do, whether they do want to go on the journey to get a new result. You know, As much as I see it might be costing them, that that's not my responsibility, the choice that they make. And that was running my life, like I was literally I would take so much responsibility for everything in my life, that was just the way that I feel like I've, I've learnt, always been as wanting to improve in leadership and everything, Take you know, take ownership, Take I took so much responsibility, I took too much responsibility because I took the responsibility of other people's actions yeah. and that was running my life so to become aware that oh, I'm actually, the only thing I'm ever responsible for is all my actions and my yeah. thoughts and my my feelings so when I discern between that, that collapsed. Um, that experience so then the ways in which i would act out of fear then was i would make a commitment to something that would force me to grow Mm -hmm. and because i made that commitment and in my experience the most powerful commitment i have ever made and i've seen other people make is a financial investment in myself a significant one Mm -hmm. um, which made me commit mentally physically emotionally And I took actions immediately after I made that commitment that I could have taken months and months and months and years before that, that helped me grow in every area um, myself personally uh, because of that. So does that make sense? Those two different examples of like acting out of fear. So when I didn't understand it, when I wasn't even aware of why it was happening while I was feeling it, then um, I wasn't serving people to the best of my ability. And I was also like just crippled by the amount of hours and man, I'm just starting to realize even more as we talk about like how much time and energy went into like being stressed every day and being waking up and literally being on go 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 what can I do to, to grow the business because I get to help more people and then I get this and that and that like like we both win and blah 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 blah, blah. Um, I was just living in this constant state of like fear and, and stress whereas like I said now I realize that this 16 hours a day, I was stressed and constantly thinking, "What is the thing I can do to get to the next level and achieve?" Was actually the thing that was most affecting my ability to get to the next that next level, mm. because I wasn't doing exactly what I just said. I wasn't. I hadn't learned how to win the battle against myself um, first before I was trying to win the battle out in the world of um, you know becoming financially independent or. Um, you know, whatever else success I want to add or the goals that I want to achieve, it all came back to me actually relaxing and being focused and and calm right now and then I was making better decisions. And ironically, when I I made that commitment out of fear, well, I made that commitment and it made me feel fear of the future because I was going to potentially like lose my financial investment or the situation I was in and I took that action. I took that action, like the more I took that action, the more calm I became mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, that was the learning process really, the beginning of me moving through those other phases of learning. So, let, I just want to explain the four phases of learning because I think this yeah. would be really useful. It's been so useful for like private clients and other people that when you're not aware of whatever it is, like whether it's how you feel or whether it's, uh, you know, having developed a skill set for... Um, Finance is how to become financially independent, or say you like feel like you need um, to be in a relationship, or you need to uh, have you know the approval from a great career or something like that. Um, you're like you're currently unconscious; you're not aware that you're not competent mm-hmm. in that skill set. Yep. So that's the first. Oblivious. Oblivious, yeah, You yes. don't know what you don't know. And then the second phase is that you are now conscious. You become aware. It's the beginning of change. You're consciously incompetent. You don't <laughs> know how to do the skill. Um, and then the third phase is you're consciously competent. You start practicing the skill. You implement what you learn. Like if you learn anything from us talking right now, you can go implement. You're be consciously competent. And to understand this is so massive because like... It's the difference between someone going, oh, I failed, I failed, I failed, and um, fa- fear of failure, I stopped taking massive action, um, but to become aware that you're actually in that phase of mm-hmm. learning and realize, oh, this is the failure phase, mm-hmm. because the failure phase is the learning phase. Like, mm-hmm. failure is, is learning, right? That's the only way you're gonna learn to get to unconscious competence. And I say, like, as an example, like, it's just like when you learn how to ride your bike or drive a car or something, you know, you you, you made all those mistakes, you got to unconscious comments, and that's what i always like make sure i say to everyone's like everything's learnable mm-hmm. like w- whatever result you want to get in any area of life, it's always learnable and to understand that like that unlocks the possibility to actually start um getting results so much faster instead of thinking oh i screwed up and spending so many hours uh being stressed and like feeling negative about it that time is what's costing getting the result, so it's about being able to to control the way in which you feel, so then you can maintain focus and clarity and productivity and get results much, much faster.
2: It's also a brilliant tool for empathy as well for people who may be in that um, oblivious stage, right? Yeah. And I think especially within the the environmental movement. Um, we're very quick to judge as we move up the scale of you know becoming a learner or right through to being unconsciously competent that let's say for example i don't use plastic ever right and so for me and 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 you have to ask yourself have you never used plastic forever your whole life it, were you unconsciously competent when you when you were born yeah. so a, and and this helps me too because you know i could be walking down the road and i see someone throw plastic on the ground i don't know where they're at in their terms of, you know... Uh, morally, you could probably say they grew up in Australia and they they know that that's a fucking prick act, right? Yeah. But how, who am I to say? I haven't had a conversation with them. So my judgment is... I'm not showing empathy, I'm judging. I'm just going, that person's a fuckwit, right? Yeah. But if you think about it through that lens, it, ge- it just opens up such a... And like we are talking about com- uh, conversations before and, ha- and how you we know, hold polarities... Yeah. It all maps up, right? You can say, you can then go in and inquire with that person rather than, which I've done in the past, shame someone for throwing a cigarette on the floor. Maybe I can come at it from a, hey man, I used to do that. Like, oh, I used to do something like that. I just wanted to let you know, these are the, uh, or or even inviting them into the conversation to say, hey, I used to do that. Um, Would you like to learn as to like where that ends up? and they might just be like, fuck you, man, whatever, and that's cool, whatever. But rather than me just going, hey, dickhead, put that in the bin, you fuck, you know, there's there's so much at play and there's so much we can learn from those brilliant models um, day to day.
0: Yeah, well, like we were talking before, we actually started actually recording, right, about how um, what you can't appreciate in others, you can't appreciate in yourself. Mm. So, you know, our job is not to change that person. Our job is to change ourselves in relation to, what we're seeing, we want them to change, or if we want them to be more, like, understanding of... If we want the person who throws the plastic on the ground and and pollutes to be more understanding, then we must understand why they do that as well. And that's... I mean, I said awareness is the beginning of all change. Well, understanding has got to be right up there for the next step, you know, Mm -hmm. because as soon as you understand someone, you... Like the way in which you feel about that situation completely changes, and then you your higher level of thinking switches on like you can go upstairs to your highest level of thinking and you can actually start to to like create solutions between you and that other individual or any other individuals that are, are doing that thing that you wanted to have positive impact on
2: mm-hmm. and yeah, and yeah even like what is the positive of them doing that which is like for someone hard up in the environmental movement yeah. what is the positive of someone throwing their plastic on the ground they don't have to deal with it anymore and for their rational mind that's good like so and and to some degree that makes sense right and so it doesn't make sense to me because i've made my way up you know to this unconscious confidence um but it's it's like don't be the holier than thou like, the, in in every action that every human does, whether it's the most horrific thing that you could potentially think of, there's an underlying thought that that is the right thing for them to do at that time. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I,
0: I think that happens as well. This might be a little bit of a, a tangent. But, I mean, firstly, people are not their behavior. So, anything mm. they're seeing them do, right, is this behavior that's been passed on mm-hmm. that people aren't even aware of, of what they're doing. I saw such a powerful... Uh, a video about a woman who goes into prisons and um, she, you know, she, she counsels these these men on, on PTSD and trauma. She, she in, in the video, she stands in the middle of this circle of a huge courtyard, um, you know, gravel courtyard, and there's maybe like 200, 300 inmates. This is a prison where, you know, they've, they they've done the worst things you can think of. Yep. Um, and she just says, if this happened to you, when you were a child, step forward. You know things such as like if you were uh, um, if you were physically abused, step forward. Every single one of them step forward, and then it shows her standing in a in a circle, uh, sitting in a circle around all these inmates. After and one of the guys talks about how his mum tried to flush him down the toilet as a baby, like and so you know that that, that just gave me chills when I when mm-hmm. I listened to that and I watched that, and that's that's the goal for like everything we see in this behavior that we we want to change is, is really comes back to understanding every single time. Like we're not here to change others, we're here to understand others. So then like I can have a completely different opinion to you right now and that doesn't mean that I don't like you or something like that. That means that like why do we have to agree? You know, does agreement and disagreement come from the actual concept that we have to fight for who's right or wrong, instead of I'm individually sharing my philosophy and the way in which I see the world, and you can do it too. And that's how we co-create understanding of like the seven and a half billion people on the planet, each living in their own planet in between their ears, right? Where they see and hear and, and feel different things at different times. And that, when you come back to community, we were talking about community, like that's the level of, of community where I can look at any single individual and I can go, okay, I know, like I now can stand in your planet mm-hmm. for a moment and and I'm cool with that. Which, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're thinking within your planet, you do you as long as it's not causing any harm to me because I'm going to know how to protect myself and, and make sure you know that, that that's happening, then cool, we can be a community. <laughs> Whether that ever happens, you know, and, and that's cool if it doesn't as well. That once again, back to understanding, find your own, find your own group of people who, uh, do, the yeah, find the frothers, yeah, find the frothers, and you'll all froth together, you know, mm. or or find the the high performers, you'll all perform together, or, or find the strugglers, you'll all struggle together. Like it's everyone's choice, like we said before.
2: Man, that's that's uh, is actually a topic that came up in a group call yesterday that was really resonating with me and that's that we all have different communities and groups that we go off and froth with Um, for us it's performance coaches we tend to hang out with performance coaches and that doesn't mean that we're all doing the same shit we're all doing so much different we have different senseis we have different um, rabbit holes that we go down we have different interests as just being human and so, when we come back together, we've always got these new insights. And for us, that's like, that's where we get our froth from. And then when we return to our other groups, whether it's our family, like our actual family, or whether it's our mates that we see, um, or whether it's our other businesses or other projects, whether it's like in telehealth, we bring back like uh, a condensed version of what we've learned that we believe would be appropriate for that group and to provide some insights and then they do the same from their other spaces. Yeah. And that's where you get like this co-creation of of epicness for, from a community because you're getting like um, the essence of epic humans in one corner from the essence of epic humans in another corner. Like I wouldn't know anything about essential services yeah. and what they're going through at the moment but my um, partner's sister is in essential services so like when we, if we have a family conversation uh, I view via Zoom. I can get that insight, which I can bring back to IntelliHelp, right? Yep. And and so, it's it's all about that. And that, that's kind of like what happens in nature as well, right? We're in little pods, and then we uh, we, we cross pollinate, and then that creates beautiful gardens and food forests. If we're talking about permaculture, and and, and that's for me is like the way forward. Um, it's super powerful. And so, I, I hadn't really unpacked that till you were explaining that. So, that's why we have frothy conversations yeah. because you build on thought processes yep. and you, you build on... It allows you to just kind of drop it in. And what we were talking about prior was like different models that we use and then as you're watching, you're looking at models, you, you're you identifying other models within it and it helps you... It grounds your understanding, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to
0: add to that like uh, I kind of like... And I love that. Like, appreciate the way that you you describe that. Um, the benefits of community and what actually uh, is produced out of it for like us as individuals. Um, you know, firstly, like what we were talking about before about you know how to how do we change the situation. Um, you know, if we're if we're if it's uncertain times right now, or anyone listening to this, if you listen to this and you. And you, you want to get a new result or something? And we were talking about awareness, the beginning of change, and and all that. Also, like check in and ask yourself, like, uh, are like are you acting as if you are your relationships or your friendships or your body or the amount of money that you have right now? Because you're none of those things. You know, you're not your body, you're not your relationship, you're not you're not your money. And that's where we learn how to separate. You know, our behaviour from ourselves because mm-hmm. that's just all what we've you know picked up along. Along the way and the purpose of me saying that is because that's what happens in community because I think that we we, we become fully aware and this is another cool uh, concept that the Greeks spoke about there's a lot of artists who die right who commit suicide mm. um, and it's been spoken about how Elizabeth Gilbert spoke about this she's a great writer show sure, that eat pray love mm-hmm. um, about how a lot of artists die um, my understanding was, you know, if the, if the art's rejected or something like that, or, or they they believe that they are the art, mm. you know, kind of like how I said, like someone believes that they are the amount of money in their bank account relationship, and that's they feel that way as a result. Um, that the Greeks spoke about uh, like writing or creating art, they had this story that they told was that like there was this invisible spirit that. Flew through the window, and when people had inspiration, were inspired to write. They weren't writing; the spirit was was writing. It just happened to you know come through the window, and that was the time. And maybe that's the frothy time, right, for them, the flowing time. And how how that relates to community is that um, the ideas that are coming out of it that you're talking about. In my observation, is that that you know that intangible, invisible thing that those like where those ideas are those in, that intangible invisible thing as a result of you know us all being together mm. and something like an idea or something that comes to us or through us, by us, for us, all happens because we were all together. But mm. it would never have happened if we were by ourselves. Mm. So I think that's like a huge power of community that's underestimated. That we actually learn that well also we start to learn how we have access to that, um, not only, and this is so powerful for right now, not only when we're physically together, but like when I think of someone, you know, those kinds of ideas can come through, etc. or, you know, not physically together, but we're on a Zoom call, <laughs> in virtual mm. uh, talking, that we can start accessing more of those intangible, um, you know, just the ideas that come through to us uh, that we can't really explain where they come from, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I love that because I was chatting with my friend uh, Sarah on the last podcast and she, we were talking exactly about those, the ideas that drop in and we decide whether we pick them out of the, the quantum field and then and then if we throw them back, that's cool and if they keep circling back around, usually that's when you know you've got to activate it and I think in these times it's like, well, what am I activating, what have I got, what energy have I got to do it, who can I pull in to, to make this um, better and to share the load. And, yeah, I guess the, the whole point of um, finding the frothers is, like, the resonant energy you get from chatting with other people because I truly believe, like, conversation is... It doesn't rank as high as, like, extreme sports, but for me, in terms of the work that I do, I'm not an extreme sports athlete. Um, I find so much uh, flow in the upper region, so closer to kind of macro flow, off the back of really great conversations with people who inspire me. Yeah. And so taking that as like an essence of like how can i apply that into my day for me that's like such a crucial thing for and for everyone especially now because we're not in our usual you know going to the cafes and hanging with our friends because we know how powerful they are we can still have these conversations and we can still bring um the knowledge and and the new things that we've learned um, because we are spending so much time learning uh, even if we are just scrolling we're still we're still learning
0: yeah, well, I think what you just said like about the conversations and how you want to go apply it after is really to me that's like that conscious competence mm. level that you get to I and mean, when you don't apply it, like see a lot of people um, who like they feel really good after a conversation even if there's something that they learn, but to know or not to do is not to know. So they think that they fully learned it and they're mm. at that unconscious comp- competence stage, but then they don't go and apply it and they're really just feeding off um Hopamine, you know, dopamine, because oh, like <laughs> they, they, feel, they feel good. Um, but this is why I talk about these four phases of learning. They're not aware that you, you're you not there yet. This isn't like a new tool that you haven't actually taken the tool and put it in your tool belt yet. It's still sitting on the table, and you've become aware of it, and you've learned about it. But now you've got to actually go and put it in your tool belt. You've got to go apply it um, as far as you've seen about, about tools before. So, yeah, such an important thing.
2: Super crucial, yeah, there's so many things swirling around in my brain that's that's when that's also when I know that I'm having a good conversation yeah. because I'm starting to and that's what flow is really like uh, joining the dots yeah. and starting to and get frothy and like oh, when I leave this conversation, i'm going to go away and do this thing and and then that is what you're talking about right now is is how do we not just sit in the stoke mm. like put it this way like I always see it on, on social media is someone especially podcasters will interview someone and the first thing they do is go and post it on social media oh, I just interviewed blah, blah blah it was sick and that's cool but how about you think about where, how am I feeling after that conversation and what can I do with that energy and then fucking post about it later that night but use the use the resonant energy from that person and that inspiration and those new ideas and while you're in that space use the tail end of that flow like it, it, there's the thing called after flow, afterglow. And in high level flow states, like when, like when we are jumping out of planes or whatever, I've never done that. but when we are surfing big, big waves, or when we are um, deep in the pocket playing music, um, when we spend a lot of time there, we get hang, extra hang time at the back end. So there's studies that say that it can go for up to two weeks and that's usually around community. So like when you've got really good community and alignment for extended periods. But there's like for just like shorter macro flow moments, there's like a, a decreasing like hang time of one to two days. And when I think you can get that in your mind, you get like one banging frothy conversation. I can get a runoff, creative runoff and flow for the next two days. Yeah. And once you start c- cultivating that art, I think that's where, that's where there's gold dust. But that's just one version of how to access flow.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that happens because they don't know how yet, right? Like, mm. and that's and even just like, the related to the example that you gave of, of oh, why don't you go and like talk about this? Well, I think the reason that they they don't know how and that they might still be having these challenges of feeling really good, then having really highs, highs and really low lows, like you said, the conversation and and they don't actually like maintain that. That feeling, or the actions, or the new results, kind of like a plane taking off. Um, then, like that's, like, because they haven't, like, finished other other journeys that we're talking about, like how to, how to manage that, like how they feel, etc., and the actions they take, or how to how to set, you know, um, boundaries for themselves, etc., in in some area, so they can't get access to their most authentic self-authorized self like we were talking about to actually just naturally talk in a flowing way like you and I are right now like I was going to say before like the way I know I'm having a frothy or flow conversation is that I'm not trying to talk right now and that's fucking awesome because for so long I was like I do on interviews or whatever with anyone when you feel like you're on the spot I feel like mm. we kind of learn how to go oh I have to now like be something aside from myself so it's so awesome to do this and I appreciate you for that for being part of that but yeah my point is that Um, they don't know how to yet fully like that's, that is a competency learning phase of learning how to have fully express yourself in every moment. I think that's ultimately what, what flow is because we, I think it's, it's more, there's more work to unlearn than learn things right now Mm -hmm. for all of us. Like it's more important to unlearn than to learn because there's so many things that we've learned that just aren't useful they're not right or wrong or good or bad but we see them so many people see them that way but they're literally like can I use it or not well if you can't use it if it's not like how's it working out for you if it's not working out for you very well then why don't you go do something new or learn something new and find out how to use that and then that's how I see like that's another step you take on the journey to be fully genuinely authentically expressing yourself and that gives you more flow that's what i believe it mm. gives you more flow because you naturally then go and take the action after you learn the thing right which i see as an example of of your level of development and the other thing is like you only ever attract the people that you're at the same level of emotional development at because mm. that's the energy that drives the flow and everything for us right yeah. so it's 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 that's why i'm so appreciative to, for us to be flowing here because I believe we're at that same level of, of development so that's awesome to know um, and the question I would ask if anyone's listening to this and they think they say or oh, all, all of the people around me oh, they're like not really where I want to be then maybe you want to find some new people and that's that's why you're at the level of development um, and you've got to you know let yourself let yourself grow and maybe let go of some some people
2: Totally, mate, and that's the the system which is totally up for augmenting, which I, I took you through when we had a uh, peanut butter latte, which was absolutely ripping, and I can't recreate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was taking you through through the process of of um, finding the frothers and who are the anchors and who are the boundaries and then who are the um, who are the kind of globals or the universals, and I think that's now more than ever is a chance to have a go at it. And this is this conversation inspired me to like probably un- make it a bit clearer and uh, maybe do the workshop online and, and release it to the world because what you just said is so true if you're feeling like the emotional intelligence level is not where where you want it to be at and for and in some situations we might be you know we might be just working flat out you might be a central services worker and feel like no one gets you at work um you're riding the wave there but in any in 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 any chance that that the majority of listeners potentially have a little bit of extra space go through and cut out those people that aren't you know in in terms of the social if you're thinking about social media for example i'm not saying go and cut out your parents i'm saying just the things that are a little bit low-hanging fruit have a little bit of analysis about like what are you learning from the people that you follow on social media and if they're not fulfilling that just start seeking. Start seeking. You might not find the frothers that you want to attract straight away, and you probably won't. It's it's quite a tough thing, um, but start kind of sampling the fruits that are out there.
0: Yeah, I think that I think the problem there for a lot of people is even if they know that there's someone that's not good for them, um, that you know they want to stop hanging out with so much that they might feel as though. Um, it's that fear of rejection again that I was talking about, right? Fear of people leaving, um, and how that person might feel as a result. That that person sees that, oh, if I do that, then I make that person feel bad, mm. and I don't want to do that. Even
2: someone they're following on social media who doesn't even know they exist. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah absolutely. You know absolutely. how much? How much? Uh, I mean, I just I just saw the other day a guy who's like teaches Ji Gong, just like energy training, and he's done all this Shaolin monk stuff, and. Um, I don't believe that there are any haters, so, like, I saw someone who was um, really questioning him uh, and, you know, projecting negative things about him, and he was, did a post about blocking him, and and I'd, I believe that, like, there's more growth to have, there, to have there if that person wants to do that, because, um, like, if I can appreciate that person and allow them to be, be free to make choices and I don't have anything to hide or, or prove, then uh, that person can say anything they want, because... Mm. I don't. Nobody chooses how I feel. I I have the power to choose how I how I feel. Once again, and once again, like, so I thought this might be useful to explain that if someone then like wants to know how to actually uh, change that circle of influence, change that you know that that orbit of people around them, then you know the the first step is to be aware. Once again, that the. Even if they feel bad and, and you start hanging out with other people or, or whatever, that's you didn't make them feel that way. You know, We only make ourselves feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is that like the, the three definitions of care, and I love this has been so useful for so many people. The um, de- definition of carelessness is communic- to communicate only in my values first, only mm-hmm. in your values first, um, and completely disregard what's important to someone mm-hmm. else. Um, the definition of carefulness is, is to, de- is to communicate in someone else's values first, which is great, you know, they, they trust you, they appreciate that, but then to tread on eggshells and never actually communicate in your own values. Yep. And so there are so many people that I work with, whether it's in business, friendships, personal relationships that are actually living that out. And what they don't realize is like what it's costing them. My question is like, why would you want to live that way for your entire life that you never actually got to communicate what's important to you? If you wanna fully express yourself authentically, you're gonna to have to do that. You must do that, you know. What if eighty years from now, like you're still doing that? Do you really wanna mm-hmm. wanna to, want to do that? So I and then the definition of caringness is to communicate in someone else's values and then your own. And that's where, you know, that understanding happens, I believe, and that's what what our community is, is greatly built, that we can we can communicate in a caring way and that is what creates boundaries or rules that aren't associated with oh I don't want to do that or or I can't believe you did that or or you you know you said that or whatever that it makes sense the boundaries make sense because there's been open communication between the the two individuals or the or the community of people so um yeah that's been super useful for many people to understanding those three different types of of care that um you know think about it from the other person's perspective that if they were never aware that like what they're saying or doing when they're around you um, is affecting your growth, uh, which if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, like you want to make them aware of that because mm. if they're really a friend, they don't want to do that mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> they want the best for you and themselves. And that's part of why people might want to change circles, right? Cause some people don't want the best for themselves. Um, Cause I don't think a lot of people fully love or, or accept every part of themselves themselves mm. um, and that's you know you can appreciate these people but I'm not going to be hanging around I'm going to respectfully stay away from them because you know I'm just going in a different trajectory and that's that's fine that's going yep. to appreciate them for uh, them doing that that's I know, doesn't man. mean we have yeah. to be side by side even in, even in um, 1.5 meters away from each other
2: exactly and then and it all depends on context as well and I'll, I'll sort of I'll touch on Uh, when I did the workshop once for, and she, she was a, an author that sustained herself through writing, which the percentage of how many people can actually do that is, is very minimal. And so she was doing the workshop and she said, I don't have any boundary frothers. I don't have people that I know that I can talk to that, you know, inspire me. And I was like, Whoa, okay. I didn't expect that. Um,
0: I think that's a lot about great art is created out of like really the darkest places like mm. sadness or, or loneliness. I see that as like the the context or the contrasting benefit of all that, mm. those things.
2: Then like you said, aware, that's awareness. She's just had the awareness that she doesn't have people who energize her. And then yeah. I went because Bondi, small place, yep. I was like... Um, who have we got on, mutual friends on LinkedIn? Yeah. And um, and I saw one. and I was like, so "How do you know Tim?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, me and Tim go." I was like, "Massive frother." I was like, "Get him on, get him on the message right now, and and hook him up for a coffee." Yeah. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I might do that." And I was like, "That's because you've got, you you know, you have the blinders on, and you and you've and you might have been living like that for so long, but you feel like you're the only one who can energize yourself. You've forgotten about." The frothers in your life, because they're they're hidden. They they might be hidden, but they're they're there. Man, it's so funny that you say that. Literally, like I think about you, and when we
0: met six months ago, and I, I I spent probably like two years thinking, you know, when we when we moved here in this new like new area, I was thinking, you know, there's no one like me who wants to wants to make an impact or you know, serve at the level that I, that I want to, or the things, the experiences or the adventures I want to have, or what, how I want to live my life, the kind of freedom I want to have. There's no one like me in this area. Mm. And then, you know, I don't believe, like when you and I met through our friend Amber at that party, I don't believe that just happened because uh, we happened to be at the same party. I, I believe it happened because I chose to be ready and open to me being the one who created... Uh, like finding the frothers, you know, like finding people who actually um, had the ambition um, and the like-mindedness and the open-mindedness that that you and I do. Um, and I think that's that speaks to exactly what you were talking about with, with her because I wasn't even aware, you know. I consider myself pretty aware, but um, I think there's always more to learn. And, and at the time, like I was just, uh, I was waiting for someone else to go first. I think that's such an important, like, Uh, Concept is to go first like Mm. with anything that you think like you're waiting to receive you're only getting you're only getting what you're you're giving anyway so um I wasn't giving any like you know value or communication or reaching out to other people to collaborate with so I could have more amazing like-minded friends like like you in, in my life um and as a result yeah I was I wasn't growing as much as I wanted to um And, you know, I would catch myself or notice myself judging other people on social media or something like that instead of actually just appreciating everything that's running my life like we were talking about before. So, I think that's kind of like even just your circle when you have a circle holds you in place of everything you've learned as well so that you don't slip up. It's kind of like such an awesome... um, Description I love, which was in Stealing Fire by your mentor Jamie Wheel about flow, about how I'm and obviously ex military experience for me. and I'm like, I just I'm fascinated and I love special forces. I've had, I've lived with friends who tried out for it. I'm coaching a guy now who's in this SAS in Australia and um, known a couple of guys who have completed the, the test. Um, that the description that Jamie gives in that book of flow is when there's five. Uh, Navy SEAL guys walking in a like a patrol group and if you don't want a patrol group to listen to this is like you, you walk in a group of about five there's one guy in the middle and the other four people on either side uh, will be patrolling could be a nighttime night vision goggles on and and they're watching every single angle that they could be attacked from by the enemy you know in a war zone and it gives the example of how there's 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 no hierarchy of leadership that in an instant they they know what each other is thinking Uh, so well that in any moment there is a new leader in any moment that there is a new leader that that takes full control and they're like one giant organism one entity that's just moving as one even though they're like five different individuals and I love that and that's really what I'm talking about for community and I'm like saying like find your one entity you know find your one circle of five so you literally feel like you're one organism and this is so awesome what I'm talking about right now because I'm literally thinking like, how can we find three more, more Bennies and dazzs like as we're literally talking right now, find your one organism, you just feel like you are, you know what the other person is thinking because you're going to move in the same direction or maybe a little different directions, but you're going to be able to support each other fully from a place of you're taking massive action, you are supporting yourself first, but then together, you know, you become that intangible entity, all those ideas are, are flowing through. That we were talking about before that Greek concept, right? I think um that's definitely an action I'm gonna take after this.
2: Epic, which well, you're already on the on the path to taking as well. Um, which is which is which is awesome. It's it's um that sort of sphere of influence and the the five people uh, that you hang out with the most influences you. I think it's actually like the five people you invite in to influence you. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a physical thing because you can have like our mentors, our our Main mentors both don't live here. And when's the next time we're actually gonna get to see 'em? It's, it's, you don't need, I was on, on a call with, um, Jamie this morning. Um, he was just presenting, I didn't actually interact, but the, the new things that he's learning all of a sudden just get, th- that's downloaded into my, my operating system. And, and, um, I wanna touch on something, cause I just wanna thank you, because finding the frothers is me on a journey to seek, right? Um, and consolidate too with with boundaries but I mean with um anchors but the whole process and what you described there with uh, being at Amber's party is the ability to be found yourself and so it's not all just about you seeking it's about you positioning yourself in a way that the right people will find you and become part of I guess a kindred community is what my friend Maddie was talking about the other day on the podcast and so super powerful so thank you so much as you're <laughs> tied a bow in my in my workshop <laughs> yeah,
0: i think you know that saying what you're seeking is seeking you whatever it is mm. i think when you find what you're seeking truly and you realize you don't need anything else you appreciate everything wow. you then find yourself after that mm-hmm. like the real the real true self that goes beyond you know the characters that we play etc like what we were talking about before um yeah i see myself on that journey as well
2: dude that's like an epic place to um even though we're still frothing and flowing to to tie it up because yeah. there's like what I'm conscious of is that we've dropped a lot of concepts and we've dropped a lot of um, radness for people to pick up and and go ahead and practice so I'd invite people to um, and I'll actually invite you to, to say where people can connect with you get a bit of daily daz um, into their life but um, yeah so maybe say that first and then we can just kind of wrap up
0: sure yeah um uh, on Facebook, um, I have a a page, or and my personal page is Darren Bruce, or my Instagram page is Darren J Bruce. I'm pretty active on both of those, um, and yeah, you can find my websites from there. But those two two places usually places to to hang out.
2: Awesome, yeah, and I'm really enjoying the um the idea that. A, uh, you choose your social platforms, and this is what I'm doing at the moment because I'm on everything and I'm feeling disjointed. But thinking of it as as a fucking platform, it's for there to you when you're ready to stand up and have yourself heard, and also it's a playground. So how can we think of it more of in a a tangible way? So if you're on, if you're doing Facebook lives, we like being a little bit more. Hey guys, if you really like what I'm doing, I'm just gonna go live now, and you do that quite well, Daily Daz. And then, if you guys want to interact or ask me any questions, that's where you can do it. But being a little bit more like, pick your playgrounds, pick your platforms and your playgrounds and and show up there and then turn it into a daily practice. And I'm just riffing here because I don't do this yet. And this is kind of what I I think the world needs because I don't want to spend all day on Facebook. But if I knew or when I know that someone that I want to check out is going to be on at that time, I can build that into my own habits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll just add something practically to that. So, if mm. anyone's listening to this, especially during like um, being isolated or the you know the um, environmental changes, just to add some practical value is what you're talking about. I see um, is most well done by compartmentalizing days and like having themes mm. for for days. So, whether that's like giving. Like you said like being on the platform is about giving uh, because other people you know see what you're doing or, or saying um, or growing you know it can be about your own learning or gaining can be about you know, what you're receiving that's something that's been really useful to me just to have a theme because that's where i think especially for people who are really focused on on growth they can get distracted um, quite easily and that's because you know they've chosen 73 different things to do in that day totally. <laughs> instead yeah. of the one thing where well, you can still do different things in that day but it's still focused on the same theme and I think that's where the as far as uh, someone who's really committed to, to learning everything uh, that's going to get them to you know never ending levels um, is that you've got to find your variety in the same thing Mm -hmm. Whether it's in a day or whether it's in a concept, like a skill that you want. That's been so powerful for me to understand because variety and the learning is like a superpower and a strength for someone who really loves learning and and teaching and everything and growing. Um, If you're you're switching from one thing to the other constantly, then that just, just creates too much stress, confusion, overwhelm. You can still do that on other days, but just pick one theme for the day. That's been super.
2: I love it. Well, that's a practical, like we're talking about practical actions to pick up. That's what, uh, and I already started after a conversation a week or so ago with you. Um, Let me just say this one thing,
0: just just to finish with that. Like, if someone's watching this and they actually use the information, they actually apply it, and they have, have chosen not to only... Uh, be seduced by the uh, toxic cocktail of hopamine um, that that uh, that means that they are someone who's willing to be uncertain or get out of their comfort zone right what I'm saying is like have an equal amount of certainty or sameness as the differences or uncertainty that, you, that you're seeking in the, in the new things that you're learning or applying like have I feel like that's like you're talking that's about a platform fun. like that is the platform for you to stand on to then go and you know seek that discomfort because I think a lot of people including myself previously have Seek way too much uncertainty and discomfort, and then they find themselves completely uh, lost in in a very unuseful way. So
2: epic, epic way to finish, bro. Um, much appreciated uh, coming up to hang on the balcony and and do a bit of a pretty much a no vid talk. Who most of the concepts like they, they they link in there, but yeah, that's all right. So um, yeah, much appreciated, and this is one of many future conversations that are. Uh, Super uplifting for me and also hopefully for the listeners. Awesome.
0: My pleasure and appreciate you uh, inviting me on as a guest. Cheers, mate.
2: Finished with an elbow bump. Elbow bump.
1: <laughs> Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, This episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in sending me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You!